Trading cards are this very perfect product that's at the intersection of commerce and finance. What is Finax's effect going to be on the sports car market going forward? When we produced our first Slabstocks market report last month on 137pm.com, there were plenty of unanswered questions. We wanted to get you the answers and have the chance at the National in Atlantic City to talk with Josh Luber, Chief Vision Officer of Finax Collectibles and the founder of Zero Cool. When does Finax really start to play big into what um, Topps is doing? Yeah, I mean, it's a really important question. Um, look, from an organization standpoint, there's actually five companies that sort of got smashed together between Fanatics, Fanatics Collectibles, uh, Zero Cool, Tops, and then Candy Digital, which is the NFT yeah, company. So a lot of this is just like internal bureaucracy and working through all of the, the figuring out. We're still building a team, we're still building a leadership team. So look, one of the things we're absolutely gonna tackle soon is how as a company could we look at the portfolio holistically. And not only baseball, but you know the other products I have is Garbage Trail Kids and, and F1 and soccer. F1, big fan here. Yeah, and then, you know, and then at some point we'll have basketball and football as well. So, so the short answer is it's coming, but we'll take our time. It'll be slow, it'll be methodical. Like we have to figure out the right way to do that because you can't just like, you know, it's a very delicate balance, right? Topps makes whatever 50 baseball card sets a year, but you understand the balance of that, of, of you know, Bowman's for prospects, so you get all that. So anyway. definitely, so it, it's a high priority, but but it's something that'll happen slowly. All right, you know, with the basketball and football license that's coming over a couple years down the line, by that point, do you think people would start to see maybe Vanax's touch more in the products? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly, uh, you know, within the next, I would say, I would say probably within the next year, you'll see, you'll see more of it. Um, but hopefully, what happens is it's more seamless. Um, and we just all start making better product, bringing in more audiences, you know, and expanding it. But I think it's important to keep the collectability and the long-term value of that product as well, too. You've been collecting for a long time, as everyone knows. Yeah. And you, you know what it's like as a collector and what the collector wants. And there's kind of been a disconnect in the past, maybe, with that. But uh, so kudos to you for doing that so far. And with that, like the whole distribution behind it. Obviously, Zero Cool Cards has been dropped so far. The V Friends, the Jackass, came in for the Stranger Things. Can we expect to see that blind Dutch auction model working its way into some Topps' uh, products and like on Topps' website? Because obviously Zero Cool is different, it's a different yep. brand, but yep. what about that? Yeah, I mean, the the idea of, of the blind Dutch auction, which really just goes to a higher idea of, of transparency, fair price, market-based pricing, let everybody understand um, you know, the, the actual amount of cards that are out there. Um, that, which is awesome. So, yeah, and look, it, at the highest level, trading cards are this very, perfect product that's at the intersection of commerce and finance. They're not just consumer goods, they're not just financial assets, and there's hybrid world. So you have to treat them as in between. In the financial world, you know every share of stock that ever existed for Nike, right? We know, yeah. like, supply is, is a given part of it. In the consumer good world, you never know any numbers, Nike, Adidas, Tops. So, like, what's the medium in there to figure it out? So things like releasing product as a blind dust auction, it's a way to, to get to that idea of, of transparency. Yep, and then with Zero Cool specifically, like, it's only been blind dust auction model. Yeah. Is there gonna be more models releasing so that maybe someone who isn't there the day that it drops, obviously the secondary market's a whole nother animal, but can yeah. get it, like, at a, let's say, Hobby shop or something. Yeah, so um, there's been two releases so far for Zero Cool. Both have been direct consumer as a blind Dutch auction. But that's not necessarily what they all happen, right? Stranger Things will be interesting because now Netflix is a partner. That's amazing. So 
we may decide, and this is still all TBD as we work through with them, that maybe some of the stuff gets sold through the Netflix shop, right? Because it's, it's their IP as yeah. well. So all of those is, is TBD as we figure out what the right way is to release product and when and stuff like that. So right. With the Zero Cool, are, is most of those going to coincide with a release of a show, Stranger Things, Dune movie come out? Or, you know, I'm a huge Pixar fan. Toy Story is my thing, his thing, my dad. Are we, can we expect someday, you know, maybe some integration with Disney to where like you're getting those Toy Story cards out there, you know? So it's, so it's a really good example, but it's still even too narrow. You're still focused just in entertainment, right, right. which is where a lot of, you know, historically there have been Star Wars cards and, and Marvel. And this is about not only just all areas of entertainment, but all areas of culture. So, yeah. you know, music and art and fashion and business and politics and, yeah, you know, it's all like A release calendar in sports. You're looking at the calendar. 30 new products coming out this month. Sometimes in the spring it gets really hot. Is it gonna to be to the point to where you bring up all these different things that can happen for Zero Cool that there's literally gonna be like 10 products dropping in one month? Down the line, obviously. Well, look, uh, we started this. There's two releases that happened in March and April, and we haven't released anything in a while. That's not ideal. It would have been better if we've had a, a smoother release schedule. But the entire industry is still dealing with the backlog from COVID and supply chain issues. I mean, look, Prison Basketball just came out, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Right? So the whole industry is still dealing with that. But hopefully, as an industry, we work through that in the next 12 to 18 months. And then it should be relatively smooth sailing in terms of regular release calendars, not just for Zero Cool, but for the whole industry. Right. For me as a collector, you know, seeing some of these products be delayed, especially Prism NFL, Prism NBA, that's after the season happens. Right. As you, I'm sure you know, like, man, that's annoying. You just buy your Kay Cunningham, but it's like you already played a whole season. That's his rookie. Yep. Um, can we, is, is it legit, the supply chain stuff, like really hard to actually work through? Oh yeah, but you know, there's, there's two parts of it. You have the actual sort of just global supply chain issues that have ripple effects across everywhere. And then you have the specific to the card industry, which is that you know, in the trading card industry, there's a lot of people that can print cards, but the collation of parallels is a very specific technology, very specific. Yeah. That it's not like there's other companies that use that. It has to be made just for the card industry. So the card industry grows. What did what the whole industry go? 5X in the last five years? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like those machines don't exist. So they all have to be built. They all have to be you know fitted to be able to, to handle that. Because the flip side is if you wanted, we could have been on schedule for the last year, but we'd have no parallels. Like, yeah. would you want that? You want all base cards, base cards yeah, from last exactly. year? No, of course not, right? So like that, so that's the specific to the card, but we'll work through that part of it in the same way that the global global issues will get worked through there as well. So. Um, as for Fanatics and brands, I think when Fanatics first announced the whole license deal, um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, it's like, is Topps dead? Is Panini dead? Do we have no more Bowman Chrome? My, my guy Nate, you know, huge first Bowman fan. He, he was really worried there's gonna be no more first Bowman Chromes ever again. Are we gonna see like a really, um, you know, Topps and Bowman brands starting to push forward back into the football? I used to collect Topps from football like crazy. Can we expect to see those brands going forward for Fanatics when the licenses come about? Look, as a collector, I would love to have all the best brands ever. Like, how cool would it be to have exquisite. prison basketball next to exquisite basketball next to Topps Chrome basketball? Like, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Is that possible? Probably not, right? But for our standpoint, we have to figure out how do we work with the best brands possible for every sport and do that. And if it means that some of the lower brands that aren't as good or aren't as popular um, get dropped, that's okay. But I think you'd be far, far from dropping Bowman Chrome or first Bowman. Like, you know, that's such a core part of baseball card collecting, right? So, yeah. I agree. All right, so for people out there, you know, we're, we're doing this market report every month at 1.37 p.m. What can they expect as collectors two years down the line that Fanax is going to make an impression on the hobby? You know, it's a, it's a very big sweeping statement, but I think a lot of people, it's, 
maybe they're antsy, maybe they're excited, maybe they're really scared, and I think that maybe it can, coming from you, be great to hear that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty broad question. No, no. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, look, the, the number one most important thing is to grow the hobby. And there's a lot of parts to that, you know, things we talk about with regard to brand rationalization and, and um, you know, how we work through the, the different, you know, licenses and all that. But the hobby will be bigger in whatever time period you want to pick. Like, that's the goal. If you just look around the national and look at all the companies that are here, I mean, first of all, this is as professional and as corporate as we've ever seen in the national. And, but everybody's been working on their, on their internal stuff. They've been acquiring companies and building teams and building their own capabilities. None of us have been marketing outside the building yet. And that was the goal of this big, huge cube was like, hey, I want something that speaks to everybody else in the world. If we have more people come in the hobby, if the hobby grows, then we all win. And that, that's the part. So I that, that's the goal. And I know Finance has always been so focused on just uh, streamlining the process. Are we going to expect to see a pretty streamlined process for a collector from pack to grading, to selling, to all that different stuff. Well, so it's an interesting um, topic because we can't grow the hobby if we don't make it easier for people to come in, easier for people to move through the process and, and to make sure that they stay in the hobby. No, we can't possibly do all that even if we wanted to, Yeah. right? But we have to be able to work with all the different people in that chain, right? So like grading, for example. Who knows, but I would think it'd be a far cry that we're gonna start our own grading company. Right? We need to figure out how to work with the grading company because they're a super important part of the process. And if if that part falls apart because there's no way, if the manufacturers are working with the graders and that becomes a, a, an area of friction and we are losing people to hobby, like that's on us for not working with everyone else in the hobby. It's a balance. And I like that you're thinking about that because I don't know if everyone along the line has thought about the balance between the hobby and that's the most important thing. It's kind of like this fragile thing that has so many different groups of people. You drop one segment and it could hurt bad. And I like that you brought that up, you know, being cognizant because I've heard you before talk about the card shops and how integral card shops are. For me, yeah. never being in the hobby but wasn't with card shops and card shows. It's my, I'm like sixth or seventh 100%. national. Grew up going to card shops. I make him take me and take me to shows. That's right. Um, from a card shop distribution standpoint, are you working with shops? Is that a prime goal to keep, obviously, online distribution, like you said, you get to grow the hobby. Globally, you gotta do that type of stuff, but is that a big thing that you're thinking about? Yeah, you know, working with card shops is, I mean, it, it's one of, if not the most important thing, uh, ways that we will uh, work and become face-to-face -face with the customer. They're the front lines, right? It's not us. Um, we are nowhere near even having a full strategy of how we work. We're still just trying to get a label in. Like I mentioned, a lot of it, like everyone here, has been working on their, on their own stuff, getting their own companies together. But man, it's an important part of figuring out, you know. And you know, I've been spending yesterday. I walked around for basically the whole day, you know, shopping. I just sit and talk to the different, you know, dealers and card shop owners, and to figure out, you know, what are they thinking, you know, who they are, understand that, you know, at, at Mint. All I did for the whole show was just take meetings with card shop owners who no, don't normally get the attention of Tops or Fanatics or enough, just to meet the people doing this sort of stuff. So yeah, it's a big part of it, but but like a lot of it, like it has to be handled very like methodically, carefully, and make sure that we don't want to miss people. We don't want to, you know, we want to figure out the right way to work with everyone. For me, as someone who's been a collector his whole life, like, that was a great thing to see, and I think for a lot of people too. So I have to say, like, and we met some really cool people that I never knew of of their shops or where they were. Or the, yeah. their, like it was awesome. That's really yeah. cool. From a global perspective, shop-wise, you know, there are shops popping up. I, we do so much globally because I'm super into soccer and F1, um, and all that stuff. And in the UK, I've met so many more collectors now that are collecting. I went out to did a trip in London. 
just more shops opening, more people collecting. Same thing in Spain, same thing, all these different places. Yeah. Is Fanatics gonna push hard in these other global markets too? Because, you know, the world's made up of so many people and then America's the biggest hub for sports cars, but there's so much left out there. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I think we all uh, had an interesting part of the hobby, you know, four years ago when, when everybody realized that soccer cards were massively undervalued. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that that's right size. But a lot of that is because, well, soccer is the most popular sport in the world and you have all these people in the other countries that are going to care about it. The same logic of Zero Cool making cards for Stranger Things fans is you need to make sure that we're appealing to the, to the cards and products that they like. Panini has a huge sticker business in, in Europe, right? Yeah, they do. I don't know, maybe we should be selling stickers. Maybe that's the, the, the right way to engage. I'm, I'm not saying we will, I'm just saying like, you have to figure out like what do those customers actually want, what's the right way to engage them, to bring them into the hobby. And in the same way that Stranger Thing person may then uh, um, learn about F1, to use your example, you know that hobby, that soccer sticker fan may then come in and they might learn about Stranger Things. All great global companies operate locally. They market locally, they have local customer service, local language, all of that. Like, it, it, you can't just blast everything out from your U.S. headquarters. Is this a huge passion project for you, running the Fanatics uh, as a chief vision officer and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I left StockX to do this. I left StockX, which is a company that I founded, because I thought trading cards were a more perfect product for that big idea around this intersection of culture and uh, commerce and finance, that there's this interesting intersection that you could create the, these markets and these businesses and run them differently than both how consumer goods have been run and financial assets. So yeah, the, the big, big idea at the center of StockX is this, is what we're doing here. That's Last question, what is the next product we can expect to release and what's the time frame? Yeah, we, we, we announced three three projects here. Yeah, I know, I know, what's, a, what's, yeah. what's the first one? No, the yeah, first yeah, one of those three. Yeah. Order, all three of those sets we're gonna uh, release in the next couple months. Um, and then as we get towards the end of the year, we'll probably announce the, the next next few. But it's great to be working with you know with huge IP like that and Netflix and Kevin Smith and you know tomorrow um, uh, Kevin Smith is gonna have a live interview on so the Motron. So I don't know how they're gonna frame it, but like his head might be 20 feet tall on that screen, so you know. Very cool. Josh, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for doing what you're doing for the hobby, and I think it's gonna be very fun to watch, and I think a lot of our people too are gonna be excited to see what happens. Oh man, Th thanks for having us, and, and you know, congrats on all your work. I think you guys are doing really good, so. Appreciate yeah. it, thank, thank you so you. much.